For your listening pleasure, TFYLP for short. Join us and discuss the latest in Transformers fandom. And now, without further ado, here is Weird Wolf. Now, where did I put that chorus stop? Ratchet, did you take the chorus stop? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Transformers for Your Listening Pleasure, episode number 97, recorded March 21st, 2014. I am your host, Weird Wolf. Along with me this evening is Trans Jazz. What's up, everybody? Watch the blue dot. <laughs> he is broadcasting from the mobile studio once again. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, may uh, say, uh, I thought he took a step away from the show, but well, he he's still with us, but... Uh, in an advisor role, I guess, and also to help us out from time to time. And tonight uh, he's uh, on with us because of our special guest. Uh, he helped uh, line it, uh, line this up, and uh, a lot of thanks to you, uh, Trans Jazz. Chad? Any, anytime. Floating blue dot. <laughs> also with <laughs> us is Megamus. What's happening? Wearing his Shaun of the Dead and backwards baseball cap. That's right. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. Zombies. I like zombies before they were cool. Yeah, so does he. Uh, so does that Ewok behind you. He's trying to give you a reach around there. And he likes it. <laughs> well, um, we're also going to welcome our special guest this week uh, from Fun Publications and BotCon, uh, Pete Sinclair. Welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, really special. Um, we've we've had uh, a lot of special guests in in our our, our past. We've had uh, um, Gary Chalk. We've had uh, um, uh, Incline. We've had uh, and now we have Pete Sinclair. Uh, you know, it's 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 great to have special guests like this on to talk about uh, things. And uh, with BotCon uh, quickly approaching, uh, it's. Uh, about time for people to start thinking about uh, planning for the show and and uh, uh, gearing up for uh, for info and everything. Um, but uh, before we get into that, um, I want to remind people that we are brought to you by our sponsor, Captured Prey. CapturedPrey.com. Great toys, great prices, great service. CapturedPrey.com. Um, also, if you are watching us live on YouTube. Uh, you can comment in the comments section, or you can, uh, um, I, I believe uh, Brett will be watching the Facebook page for any comments uh, on the uh, Facebook page that people may want to ask uh, Pete. And if he can answer it, um, we may uh, 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 pose the question to him. So feel free to uh, join in with us on the on the Facebook page or on YouTube, and uh, we'll we'll get this party started. Uh, so, Pete, uh, please uh, tell us about yourself, uh, how you're affiliated with uh, with BotCon, and also, um, I guess, most of all, start with uh, how you got into collecting and and, about, uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, well, as far how I got into collecting, uh, well, I just kind of, that's the usual story. If you kind of you, you grew up collecting the toys, 
or playing with the toys. And then I don't know. I, I think for a lot of collectors, at, at some point you just all of a sudden get the weird urge to keep them in the package. So I think at that point you go from being a, a collector. So that would have been back in around 1990. Um, and from that point on, I, I had known John and Carl Hartman uh, through an old um, Transformers fan club called Transmasters, I believe. Um, and I met them. And then, of course, they put on the first BotCon. And, and then just for the last 20 years, uh, I, I kind of, it was just a progression. Um, for anyone who doesn't know my story, I, I started when Brian Savage got the license for BotCon through Fun Publications back in 2005. I started with them as a basically just kind of a fan consultant. And then I started doing some contract work for them on a part-time basis and then uh, ended up leaving my job down at the uh, University of Cincinnati and going full-time with them back in uh, April 2008. So closing on six years now. So uh, you got you started with uh, with BotCon officially in 2008? Yeah. I, I mean, I've been involved in, in different – I've been you know doing the editorial work for the magazine, for the Collectors Club starting pretty much from when the first issue came out. Um, and like I said, that was part of my contract work that I was doing, you know, kind of part-time work, was helping with the sets. Had a, you know, I, I did some writing, worked on, you know, had a big role in the 2006 uh, Beast War set. Um, but from there, uh, yes, I keep doing more and more. And then I, and then I went to the full-time in, in 2008. Sweet. Uh, now, you uh, obviously looking at your collection in the uh, in the background there uh, are, a, are a huge fan and collector yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about your collection and uh, some of your pride and joys and 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 uh, have you been a collector all your life or did you like some of us like me? I, I was a collector as a kid, then I stopped, and then as an adult, um, about nineteen ninety nine or so, I started collecting again. Did you have anything similar or did you just always? Yeah, I- the, the only time I ever got out of it was from, like, and I, I never really got out of it. I was kind of that kid with a BB gun who decided to, to after seeing the movie, you know, kind of put a few of them out of their misery that had been played with for a while. I mean, that was, like, for, like, maybe six months a year back in the mid-'80s. But since I've been a collector, no, I've never I've never gotten out of it. Um, fortunately, I, I, you know, well, okay, if you want to talk about collection, I mean, obviously, this stuff right here is all the stuff we work on. I mean, I actually, I work remotely. I work from my home. We're based out of Texas, and two of us work remotely um, for the company. I'm one of them, so I work out of my home. So this is also my office. Uh, anything I have, quote-unquote, displayed or, or shown is, is just in my office. Um, and if you want to kind of just kind of a real quick pan, this is kind of, kind of all of the, uh, um, wow. the collection stuff. And there's stuff over there, and... Um, I got some Japanese stuff up here, but as far as um, what was I gonna say? I'm sorry. As far as uh, what I what the kind of core of my collection, um, I'm real big into the non-toy stuff. That's really the only stuff I still collect. If you want to say that things I collect is anything that was merchandise. Like for instance, I got my, but I never use. But you know, the trash can sitting here. <laughs> I had a poster with that on it as a kid hanging up in my room. So pretty much, if if if, if it was used, if it if it's if it's '80s merchandise and it had the Transformers logo and or characters on it, 
anything you need for a birthday party, school, play activity, your bedroom, sheets. Um, I have six pairs of baby shoes. Um, my little boy actually, uh, um, I had one pair that was already a little bit worn. So he actually wore these when he was two. These are vintage ones. And I've got uh, about six pairs of those, different types. Um, so, so for all those guys that like like vintage Jordans and everything, you're a step above that, right? Yeah. Yes, of course I didn't have to pay what they cost to do Jordan. I didn't have to pay Jordan prices for those. Um, fortunately, I guess that's what I was going to say as far as the collecting. Um, I fortunately got into it and, and, and bought a lot of it back in the early 90s before the prices kind of went crazy insane. So, um, you know, I, I've got a lot of good stuff, but fortunately it did not cost me the good stuff prices that you see today when you kind of look at, like, you know, the, the vintage Japanese stuff. So um, that's pretty much it for the collecting. I mean, that's, like I said, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really big into the stuff we do, obviously. Um, I love the classic stuff, the generations for that. That's obviously huge. Um, well, we ha we have one uh, one of our viewers, Brian uh, Johnson, wants to know: uh, Are there any lines that you are not into? That just you know that you just either don't like, or they're just you know they they're not in your collecting habits. Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of um, it's kind of you know I I think right now what I'm really digging about the generations. Is it really is kind of that old school Transformers look and feel? Um, I have a heck of a time with some of the newer toys um, because I grew up with the Headmasters, the you know the the Pretenders stuff like that. That was the stuff I thought was really cool. Um, that I think was actually when my excitement level was kind of the, the highest. Was that stuff that came out like in the mid '80s? I mean, I was always into the stuff, the '84 '85 line, but I just remember just being kind of fascinated by. The new takes you'd have the action, the uh, the headmasters, and then the target masters, and which, the ones with which is why I love this guy. <laughs> so, um, but that, that's kind of where where I'm really fond of the stuff. So, I mean, I I enjoy everything that comes out, and I, I like I like checking it out, but it may not necessarily be my cup of tea. I, I, I'm really into mainly the the vintage characters, um, and anything pretty much. I, I kind of have categorize Transformers in my own mind um, in, in the three categories. You kind of have your, your G1, kind of your neoclassic, and then kind of your modern, and pretty much everything up through neoclassic, which I can kind of consider RID. That's kind of where I, I'm really, you know, that's kind of like the kind of where it ends for me as far as the stuff that just kind of, from that collector standpoint. But that's also kind of partly because I think that's also due to the fact that once you work on something, your, your attitude towards it kind of changes a little bit, so I don't necessarily see the toys anymore or the toys themselves, I kind of see what we can do with them to make a, a, uh, a, a good selling item. Um, I have no, I have no preferences, no bias, no whatever towards any line toy character. If, if, if it's a good character and a good toy and I think it'll sell well, that's my, that's my primary concern. I don't, I don't play favorites with any, any characters, anything. Side swipe was my first transformer. Granted, we've done three side swipes, but it really had not. Actually, I don't even think any of the side swipes were my suggestion. Um, I think they all kind of came from. Maybe one would have been. I don't remember. But um, but you know, we build well, new character characters I've never even heard of. That. Um, Ferrak, Ferrak. 
is your is your first. What would you say is the definitive side swipe mold right now? What character, you know, what what rendition have they done? Would you say is the best? Well, the masterpiece stuff is really cool. Um, I've only picked up the the Tiger Tracks one, and I haven't even actually transformed it yet. But <laughs> but uh, no, the, the Tiger Tracks is cool. Uh, you know, I think you know the you know it's funny not not to say which one's the definitive mold. I think what really the thing that was most exciting is someone who. Um, and this is a fun little story. I've told this a hundred times, but um, when I was 10, I was at a Gold Circle with my grandfather, and um, I wanted to check out the toy aisle. And I saw these new items on the shelf, these Transformers, and I asked my grandfather to buy me one. I was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I was really taken by the, 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 the um, um, I'm blanking on the car, um, the Lamborghini, the Countach, and uh I said, you know, can you get this for me? It was like eight ninety five, and he said, well, if I buy this one for you, he said, you'll you'll want them all. And I told him, I said, I remember this story very very well. I said, no, this this will be the only one I ever get. I promise. So, <laughs> so, and, and he's ninety now, and I still every once in a while kind of remind him of that story. Um, so when the Action Masters came out and they discontinued the line in nineteen ninety, and I remember just being, you know, kind of devastated. To, to the degree you were, um, but then finding out. Now, granted, there was no internet. Everyone knows there was no internet. Everything was done via mail. Um, I don't remember how I got the catalog, or how I even found out that the line was continuing over in Europe. Um, but uh, I, I guess through one of the people that had communication, but I actually ended up with a couple friends over in Europe <clears throat> who got me the Action Masters, and I just remember thinking that sideswipe was the coolest, the coolest thing, because here I thought the line was dead. And then all of a sudden, there's this little new version of Sideswipe. So there's your there's your answer. Is the definitive version of Sideswipe is the Action Master from uh, from Europe? The Action Master. <laughs> you know what the funny part is? I I would no, I would I would agree with you because it was the closest thing that we have had so far to what you saw on the show. Let's see, there you go. I, was I awesome. agree with you. I, right. I love. I thought Action Master. I was Master- hoping. I thought is he going to go more towards? Well, the G one has my heart, but no, you went with the rendition of what you grew up with, and yes, the Action Master. And I'm a big fan of Action Masters. Oh, I think they're. I'm I, in the minority, but they were the best renditions we had. And if you were about my age group, where you had Joes, GI Joes, this, that, and the other, they were perfect because you could play with them. They were action, this, and the other. Yeah, they didn't transform. So I mean, it's a slight technicality. Well, you know the, the the thing with that, and not to not to um, spend too much time on it, but I mean, my own personal opinion. Well, I mean, based on some fact, I mean, the tra- some people have the feeling that that Action Masters were kind of what killed the line, and obviously they, you know, it was the, Bob, Killing Optimus Prime killed the line. The line was already on a slow decline after after the '86 movie because of. Um, what had happened and how they killed Prime, and, and then and then the media went away, and there wasn't any real push behind it. And back then, two toy lines only had they didn't have these everlasting lives. They were they you know I was reading an article again. Uh, uh, Benson E posted on his Facebook page. It was an article that they had, uh, ran in, uh, in Rhode Island back in 1990, and they were shocked that Transformers had went for seven years. Um, it should have never lasted that long. They, the toy lines came and went very quickly back then. You look through the old toy fair catalogs from the '80s; things were all flash in the pants. So, um, 
but but I thought it was a great line. I thought it was very creative. It was it, it was meant to take on the emerging action figure market, uh, toy with and all that stuff. And, and it, obviously, we love them because we keep making new versions of them. So we'll probably do another one. We've got one coming out in the 2.0. Might be one in the 3.0 for the collectors club. Cool, cool. Ask me stuff. I'll give all kinds of things away. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me stuff. I'll give stuff away. Um, All right. People are like, wait, I'd like to find out this. I'd like to find out that. I'm like, well, just ask. I might tell you. The only way to find out anything is if if you ask. Let's see here. I'm sharing a a link here on Facebook. Um, so getting into uh, the uh, the the realm of botcon and uh, and everything, tell us a little bit about uh, the the depth of your involvement with botcon, if you can, and and uh, what exactly your title is and. People are like, wait, I'd like to find out this. I'd like to find out that. Like, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was your question again? Uh, tell us a little bit about your involvement with BotCon and Fun Publications and what exactly your title is uh, for them. And uh, Well, people know we're a smaller company. Um, I could have several roles. I do. Um, we obviously have the Joe property and the, and the Transcript property. I do uh, all of our marketing for both clubs and both conventions. I do all of our PR, sometimes poorly, apparently, from what I read online. But I do our PR. Um, I do all our editorial work for the club magazine and for both the Joe and Transformers comic. I do all the managing editorial work. I'm basically the managing editor on any comic project we do. And then uh, and then also just kind of the, the, the not fun stuff or the, or the boring stuff. I handle all of our advertising sales and stuff like that, too. So, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's a lot. But and I do a little bit of writing. I leave a lot of stuff up to other people um, when it comes to, like, the creative stuff. I, I'm just one cog. Um, I don't have my hands in everything as far as, like, exactly how the story will go or what toys will do. And usually people kind of bring me ideas because we have a decent number of people that kind of contribute. Um, like, we got Greg Sepalak and Trent Truk have done writing for us. Um, you know, Jesse Wittenrich um, does a lot of stuff. And this is on the Transformer side. And then, of course, we've used, you know, we've used 30 different artists. So, it's, I mean, even though we're a smaller company, we have a lot of contract work out. You know, a lot of people will be paid to, to write for us, draw for us, color for us, you know. Well, it, ta- it takes a lot of people to, to make it all uh-huh. come together. I mean, you can't expect two or three people to just do it all. No, I mean, like I said, we, we've got, we've got over, the, over the last nine years, we've had, I'm sure upwards of oh, 40, 50 different artists that have worked for us. I mean, so, I mean, anybody that you've seen on IDW, we've had people that have worked at Hasbro that don't work there anymore, um, that do the, the head sculpting for us, Boss Flight. You know, we contract that work out, obviously. Um, those are former Hasbro designers. Um, you know. The box? Okay, so I'm just going to segue into my next thing. Yeah. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and take it? Just just roll with it. Just go roll with it. with it, yeah. So back in back in 2000, I, I handle our Twitter accounts too, uh, also sometimes poorly. Um, I, I made a comment 
and this was before I'd seen the final product, that the 2012 set for BotCon was our best set yet. And I really felt that at the time. On paper, in concept, it was, I thought, the best set we had done. Um, and then some of the things didn't turn out like we'd hoped. It happens. Sometimes in the, in the you know, in the concept stage, to, to where it actually gets to be made, you know, someone's face gets a little long or, or something else happens, and that's fine. But um, I, so I, I won't make those those um, proclamations anymore, or or or, uh, or uh, you know, or, or um, um, I don't know. But I, I won't I won't I won't go on the, out on those limbs anymore. But I will say I saw the final. I I had already been working with the person that did the box art for this year, and I saw the final design with all the print on there for this year. And I will say without a doubt, this is the best piece of box art we've ever done. Um, and, and probably one of the best pieces of art we've ever had produced for us. It is unbelievable. I can't even, I, I, I can't wait for people to see it. It is the, the amount of time and detail, and I'm not going to reveal the artist's name yet, put into this is just incredible. It is just visually stunning, and I think people are just going to be like in awe when they see it. And here I, I here I was a big fan of the G2 box set uh, design no, and, it, and everything. That, well, that one had some neat aspects to it, but you, you had mentioned that the first one that you did was the 06 set. Is that correct? That was the first set. Uh, that was 2006 was the first set I worked on. I didn't have anything to do with the 2005 set. I was working on the club side at that point. Remember, this was all right. part-time work. I, actually, 2006 wasn't even part-time work. This was free work back then. We were getting toys, but that was it. Um, so I was only kind of focusing on the club stuff in my spare time. Ben was handling the uh, the convention stuff, and then in 2006, um, you know, it was kind of like you know my turn to work on that. And then, and then by 2007, I had a hand in it, you know, every year because I was working for the company at that point. But, so, uh, so what all did you design or have a part of in in 06? Because that happens to be one of my favorite sets. Well, and that, that, a lot of fans love that set. Yeah. Well, that that was a group effort. I mean, I'm not trying to take credit for it. that. Was a it, it was. I knew I wanted to do a B4 set, and I know um, the rest of the people that were on the, you know, advisory councils, we call back then, we all wanted to do a B4 set. Um, so I, there was there was a few different people. I think, you know, Rick Alvarez was involved with that, and Joe Moore, and Carl was involved, Ben was involved. We all kind of, you know, went through what we were trying to – we didn't really know what we were doing back then, though. We didn't know how many, you know – my original idea was as crazy as it sounds, and oh my gosh, as awful as this would have been in, in hindsight, was to use the the clocker mold, I think his name was, that was the car that became Cheetor. Yes. He would, he would have been done as both Rat Trap and Cheetor, and then the mold that we used for Rhinox would have been both Rhinox and Primal, because we didn't know how many different molds we could use. Because um, in, in 2005, we'd already been limited to the number of molds we could use. And, you know, that was just kind of the mindset. So then, you know, that was my idea, which, in, again, in hindsight, was a horrible idea. But I know I think Rick said, you know, oh, my gosh, we can't do that. And I think he pushed for, you know, let's go at least propose, you know, submit an idea for, for, different, for different molds. And they were fine with that. And, of course, then we got the Primal we got. We got the Megatron we got and all that. So that was good. Um, there's very little I would change from that set, too, at the time. Um, 
I mean, maybe we could have done someone else for Cheetor, but I don't remember. I, I know Laserbeak and, and Buzzsaw, the characters were my idea, because that was from an old concept I'd had three years earlier that actually I, I pitched to Dreamwave. I pitched a pre-Beast War story to Dreamwave to Pat Lee at, at the 2004 convention. Never heard anything about it. Um, <laughs> wasn't necessarily pitched in the best way either, too. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. But uh, I think I don't. I think we top, oh, we were going to do Wolfang, and for whatever reason, we changed it. I don't know why we changed it from Wolfang to Tigatron. I can't remember. I guess I should write this stuff down. But it was going to yeah, be. You need to write it down for posterity. I mean, there was going to be a Wolfang. You never know when some geek's going to ask you on the street. And you just got to come with the answer, just like that. Yeah. There was going to be a Wolfang. There was going to be a Pterosaur. I know. I know. Cyburn too. He's uh, normally a, a member of this uh, of this show. He is a huge Pterosaur fan because that was, I believe, his first Transformer, and I think we've he tried, went gaga over that. We've tried to. We've tried at different times to get those other three. Well, no one cares about Scorponok, but um, oh, that's not true. What? Oh. Nobody at mainframe even cared about Scorpionok. Um But they don't care. You know, you know, just we'll push them aside. But Tarantula's Terrorstore and um and, and Scorpionok, it, we we've had see, and that's another thing too, is we've had so many concepts over the years. I mean I've got you know, the number of concepts that we've dreamt up that have either been just in an email or a quick mock up or an actual proposal. Um I, I know we've Try to get them at different points, but they never fit in. Like even the um, this guy took. We, we've had this concept since um, the um, Thrustinator. We've had him um, on the uh, on the agenda for five years. I've had I've had I've had the I've had the, head, I had the head turnaround for him for five years. We could just never. There was one point where we just they didn't really want us doing them, and then there was another point where we just couldn't figure out how to fit them in. But uh, so some things, some things will just sit in limbo forever, and then finally find a way to make it in. So. Is, there, is there anything in particular that that you've always wanted to do, but there's just no possible way that you could do them? Any particular or, characters, or or that you might foresee in the future? Yeah. The, Oh, we made him think. Ah, about time. Yes. I think we we we've looked at we've looked at trying to get that RID Prime out or that RID Defensor out, but the the mold has issues. I think I think it's just too late for that one. Well, that, um, I know. I I thought that was an awesome idea when I saw that in, in concept. I I was I was actually very excited for that one. I thought that would be a really good one. What the Defensor? Yeah, in the the RID Prime. Actually, um, that that leads its, uh, into a listener question from YouTube, uh, Primal Sabbath. Um, he's asking uh, if there were any plans or have there been any talks about using uh, any of the unreleased three H designs. Question. Uh, well, we well we kind of did. I guess we did the the fallback back in two thousand five. Um, I thought we. I, I'm trying to think of all the designs. I'm, I'm trying to think of them all. Hand. 
I mean, well, yeah, because we—I just said we were thinking about the defense war. Um, I, I know we, we're still thinking about. I mean, the, the, de- the not the Deathsaurus, but the um, um, the RID Megatron mold. I know people want to see that as um, the Megatron Beast Wars Megatron, the Dragon mold, right? You know, I mean, he could, it's just all about timing. I mean, that's a big toy, so how he has to. You have to be able to fit him into, you know, sometimes we we do build a theme. I mean, we'll, we'll have the theme, and then we can sometimes fit a character into that theme. For instance, Farrak was not, Farrak was a backup. He, well, a couple of the ideas we wanted to do, the molds weren't available. You can do the character, but you can't use the molds, because they were in the molds were, in the product, were, in, were, were being used a lot by Hasbro this past year. Well, you know, it's... It, 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 if we picked that character in that mold, there's a good reason that we probably picked that character because of that mold. So we just dropped the idea of, of that character altogether. So Farrakh actually got, um, I'm not aware of that guy. I can't remember how that came up. Um, but we, I thought, well, that's perfect. Cause that's a great mold and the character, you know, squatter next, that's fine. But you know, the way the story's worked out for this year, it makes sense for him to get in there, but we couldn't put Megatron in there. You know, we can't have Megatron as a pirate. You can have Farrakh as a pirate. Um, you can have a lot of cannonballs pirate. You can have the other guys we have that people will know soon enough as pirates. But you can't have, um, you know, Beast Wars Megatron as a pirate. You know, you can't have them in the classic verse story from 2012. You can't have them in the Machine War story. Well, you know, since since you alluded to that, what was your your reasoning for the the whole theme for this year? It wasn't my idea. Oh, no, 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 you don't start that way. Just, just say it was all my idea, and no, because if it's no, if it doesn't go over so well, then I'm just going to no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm pulling. Wait, up that a, blame that way, right? I'm, I'm pulling up a screen share right now of uh, Ferric and uh, Tornado. Here's right what, there. Here's what I figured. Here's one thing we learned from last year was that not everybody is going to. When Machine Wars came out in the mid-90s, I I was a big fan of Beast Wars, but I was also an 80s fan. And so when Machine Wars came out, I had known, I, I, had, I had seen these, the, the Machine Wars, the flip chamber, chamber, the flip changers, you know, a year and a half earlier, two years earlier, Carl and John had the prototypes more. People are, a lot of you already know that. So I saw these toys that weren't getting released. It was actually one of my first introductions to prototypes. And so when the Machine Wars line came out, coupled with the I thought it was the perfect storm for, for a set for last year because you had, I thought a lot of people kind of saw it the way I did in a way that when Machine Wars came out in the mid 90s, you got the best of both worlds. You got these toys that hadn't been produced yet. And then you got these toys from England, which were kind of holy grails in a way. It was, in a way, it was very exciting to finally get some of these toys that had only released over there, released over here. So our idea was to do a Machine Wars set which wasn't a straight homage set, but was a series two set. That was, and maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't communicate that enough. Maybe we didn't tell people enough that hey, this is a series two set. It's not meant to just be upgrades. Um, you know, that's why the Skywarp boy had the uh, translucent parts, kind of like give the whole teleporting thing. The Thundercracker was supposed to glow in the dark, but it didn't. So that was kind of the whole idea, and it was supposed to have glow in the dark paint, and that got missed, unfortunately. So the idea was that like a lot of times when there's a series two or a series three, there's upgrades made to some of the original characters, 
And then you also introduced new characters. We introduced Electro. We introduced Obsidian, Stryka. Obsidian and Stryka made perfect sense for that set. A machine war set. Two of the best war machines in Cybertronian history. Um, but getting back to your question, um, what we learned from that from last year was that sometimes you can't really just rely on the theme by itself. So we really do like the idea of the Pirates versus Knights, but the character list we have for the whole set, for the whole offering, for the souvenirs and the set, I think is stellar. Um, people were, some people were saying, well, it, this isn't much of a way to celebrate the 30th anniversary. Well, my point to that is we celebrate Transformers every year. Every year we're, we're, we're doing toys that are, are, are great throwbacks or great you know, representations of the classic characters. Um, but this is also the 20th anniversary of BotCon, the 30th anniversary of Transformers. Um, we took a theme, which I think is a fun theme. It's a fun story. And, and the toy selection we have, the mold selection and the character selection, I don't think people are going to be complaining at the end of the day with some of the figures they get. There's going to be one figure in particular is the most ambitious thing we've ever done. And if it comes off right, which we, we, we employed Boss Flight and everything, uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be very talked about. People will be going nuts about it. I've said, and I, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I've said that the one toy in the box set, it doesn't even matter who the other four toys would have been. We could have just put another four characters in there, and that toy would have sold the set. Um, my, but you don't want to do that. That's that's kind of a, a, an easy out. We wanted every toy in that set to be stellar, and I think they are. I think they are. Um, Mondays Mondays reveal should get people pretty excited. Um, this coming Monday. Coming Monday. Yeah. So we've got that. So that we we've, we've got more. We got three toys still to reveal. Um, I just proofed the uh, next issue of the Transformers Collectors Club magazine. It'll be three, the three reveal because it was being released Monday, but then the magazine comes out a couple weeks later. So we'll have the three reveals in there. We're announcing um, who's writing the story this year, who did the art, who's doing the colors. Uh, people will be very excited about that. I think uh, we kind of brought in our A team for that. Um, so we've got a uh, the individual that uh, did the story is someone who's worked. Um, Professionally on Transformers story writing for a while, quite a while. So um, that's it. When that's all uh, uh, can that's you all can, uh, can you tell us when the uh, pre-registration will be up, or is that? Yeah, that's gonna it's it's gonna be sometime um, next month, right? We're in March, sometime next month. Uh, we've got the Joe show. We do have the Joe show coming up, so that is going to be where kind of all of our focus as a company is going to be. But we'll have it up in plenty of time. Um, you know, just make sure you've got your, your money ready to go. Um, you know, we've got, we've got the same basic packages again this year. I'm trying to think if there's anything out of the ordinary. No. We're just well, finalizing. Well, we work on getting the brochure, but there's one, there's one final detail we got to finalize that we have to get the answer. We can't release the brochure until we have we, we get this, this information. Um, so is, is there anything that is new this year? That's just going to wow us. Something that we have to do—an activity, or, or, or anything. Something that you know, give us yeah. give us a little bit, wet our appetite. Something that we just can't wait yeah. for registration to come up. Well, I mean, we're we're you know we there's a lot of opportunities for things we can do when we're in California. Um, 
So that's what we're working on. So, yeah, there'll be some great activities, some great tours. You come out earlier in the week. Um, trying to think of what else. Sorry, I keep looking away. I have to kind of look away to think here um, late in the day. Um, trying to think of what, what – oh, yeah, the, the – um, the golden ticket will be, I think, something people really would like. To, that would be something you want to sign up for. Um, so there's going to be something extra with the golden no, ticket that wasn't, not, wasn't before. No, not, nothing, nothing extra. But I think I, I, I'm, I'm making sure that people definitely get their value out of that golden ticket Friday, um, Saturday night, um, Friday, whatever night we have it on, that they get their value out of it. So I think. Uh, I can't really say. I, I'm sitting here trying to think of how much I can say, and I'm like, it's just, it, it's, it's gonna. We're, we're, we definitely are trying to, you know. Well, well, do me a favor because I've, I've never had it. What exactly entails when you get the, the golden ticket? What do you, what are you privy to? Well, you get the chocolate get, factory. Yeah, well, besides <laughs> the chocolate factory. And all that. One thing is you don't have to wait in lines, which for a lot of people stand in line, so that's good. And for anybody. I swear, I've been going to shows off and on for, for 20 years, and I'm, I'm trying to find, think, find these shows that never have lines. Because Good luck. I, I, well, but I've seen people, they like to, people like to give us a hard time about the lines, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I've been to show, That's the reason I don't really go to any shows is because I can't, I can't stand waiting in line. Um, for, for those, I mean, I mean, I should say go to shows. I've gone to BotCon before I even was involved with it. But I'm saying that, so yes, come to our show even they have to wait in line. But... I see people that go to shows like continually, like all the time. I can do it once a year, but the, oh my gosh, um, you know. So, but getting back to that, let's get back to something. Golden ticket, you get no lines. You get three times, usually get two or three times the quantity of souvenirs that you're allowed to make for purchase. Um, oh get, no, that's and that's, sometimes, a good, that's a big one. Yeah, right. And sometimes those those sell out pretty quick, right? Yeah. You get you get um, first seating on the panels. You get the golden ticket event, which is about a hundred people, and then all. The, and we usually try to have all the guests there, and it's really great because it, it's just a chance. You know, if you're getting autographs or if you're doing a panel, you, know, you get to ask your question, and they're up on the panel. Or if they're doing autographs, you know, usually we try to limit your time with them to like a minute because we want to get everybody through. The golden ticket Friday night thing is such a relaxed event. People are just kind of sitting around. We usually have one of the um, the actors at each table. Um, we're just sitting there talking, telling stories. Uh, Wally Burr was telling stories last year. Glenn Morshauer was at the table I was at, and you know, just sitting there talking. And it's just everyday conversations. They're all down to earth. I mean, that's the great thing about the about the people we have at the show. I mean, just about everybody we've had, guest wise, has just been a down to earth, you know, just great person to have. Um, very easy to work with, and it's just it's just a great time. I, I think that's the, actually the, I think that's the highlight of the Golden Ticket. If you're a fan, just getting to kind of sit and talk, and just they'll tell you stories. And, and it's you know someone else brought up a really good point, and I'm just going to segue off of that real quick. Is that we're, they were kind of giving us a little hard time about um, inviting uh, uh, Samantha Newark this year, and there's a reason why she's coming out. And, and no, it's not because they just announced the Jeff movie, which of course will work to our benefit. But nothing wrong with that. That is just crazy. So that's like there's a gem movie coming out. Oh, hey, we've got Samantha Newark. Um, but it, there's a, actually a couple other reasons why I think it's really important for her to be there, be there this year. Um, <coughs> no, this is what, well, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll come up later. 
But um, well, well, let me ask you this: we, we've got one of our viewers, uh, Michael Perez, has asked a- after you set the theme for Bacon, um, how much do you have in the say of what all goes in? Um, I'm guessing what he means is goes into the set with the picking of the characters, the storyline, the comic, and so on. How much of a say do I have? How much of a say does? Well, I we think have? he means from publications. Oh, that's all. We we that's all. Hasbro is very easy to work with. Um, they give us a ton of leeway. Um, the they don't really especially the last two or three years, we pretty much come to them with characters and toys, and as long as they're not planning that character or toy, there's really no, you know, it's just we're we're kind of past the whole idea of is this something that Hasbro may do eventually. Well, if they're not doing it right now, who knows what any of us are going to be doing two or three years from now. I mean, the brand keeps changing and and, and characters keep changing. As as long as we're not conflicting with anything in the present, you know, I mean, we did our young cup and our scourge, and I still think those are two great toys. Especially the scourge. I was just looking at him the other day. You know, if another scourge comes out two or three years later, that's okay. I mean, it it, it can happen. You know, we did the Bonsaitron, and you kind of got a classic Bonsaitron. There's a movie Bonsaitron. So as long as things aren't conflicting at that time. Um, have you ever, uh, on a related qu- uh, note, have you ever come up with a character and, uh, that you want to do for Botcon and? went to Hasbro and they're like, Oh, well that's that's funny. We were actually going to release that in the main line. Have you ever actually has that yeah, actually I, happened? Yeah, and I, I think I said I think I talked about it. Um I think I already I said that and it's I and people want to know what mold we're gonna do and I'm not gonna tell them. Um but we were gonna do we could pitch double dealer for the two point and Hasbro was like we're doing double dealer. I'm like, are you kidding? You're doing double dealer. Like really? <laughs> what are the odds? Because we let me let me clarify something. We do try to we don't want if we also try to pick characters we pretty sure that they're not going to do. We don't want to put out an exclusive that we know is also going to come out two years later. But that's not our goal. We don't want to put out something and then Hasbro. But we still try to stay away from that. I'm just saying it can happen that we put out an exclusive and um, an updated version gets released two or three or four years later. That being said, we do, and I know Hasbro probably does prefer us not to. I just wanted to clarify that. We do try to stay away from what they're doing. So I, when we pick Double Dealer, you know, I had no idea they were doing double dealer. Um, so, so the the creativity has crossed over from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's so many characters. I mean, this year's set. You know, I don't think there's anybody. I mean, who knows? Hasbro might do a cannonball down the road, but I don't think so. Um, no, I think you got this one pretty much locked down. I mean, I, I don't think they were going to be doing a Ferrex. That's the funniest part. That's my. Fu- that's that's what I love about the Phantom. And I, I I'm not saying that you know to be. It, it's a little funny, a little tongue in cheek, but not too much. It's like we'll put out a Ferrex, and then all of a sudden, it's everyone gets. Oh, maybe it should have been a little bit more of this color. Maybe maybe Tornado shouldn't have been a gun. Like anyone was ever going to do Ferrex or Tornado from Hasbro. Like that was ever going to happen. I have to admit, uh, you know, whenever I first saw the announcement for Ferrex, I'm like, who's Ferrex? But then I saw the pictures, and I'm like, I don't care. He kind of looks cool. <laughs> that that was my thing. I, I think he looks if – if he looks half as cool as that Photoshop does, um, I think he'll be great. But it's just kind of funny that sometimes people are like – as soon as we you – know, I know there are some complaining. People are like, well, they want to – and I know people like having this – I've read up on it some, and they, they like the Squadron X. But, I mean, those were throwaway characters. I mean, that's just the way it is. And they weren't going to get 
you know, I shouldn't say that. You never know. But on the, but the odds are they weren't going to get main mainline releases. I mean, Strax has kind of had, you know, he, he was he kind of had that uh, cult status. Um, well, that's from from the comics. The same thing with uh, Thunderwing and, and some of the other more obscure ones, and, and the comic definitely lends to that. Yeah. And also, that's another thing I was going to ask you because you you help with the comic, correct? Yeah, I usually do the um, I usually do the, the just the, the editorial work, just the the story editing, and the I'll sometimes throw out some story beats. But usually, well, well, let me ask you this: Are you giving given a storyline and characters, or how much creativity do you have in that? I mean, are you given any leeway? I mean, I was kind of curious about that. How much creativity do you have in in that? It's it's we've always had. A, there's always been a lot. It, it's it's sometimes there's been a little bit more restrictions on it than others over the years. Um, you know, Forrest Lee from Hazard was actually writing the club story for five years um, and actually wrote one of the Bakon stories. He's also wrote one of our G.I. Joe stories. Um, but, no, as far as currently, last couple of years, as far as we, we have pretty – I mean, that's the great – I mean, that's the great thing about the multiverse. I mean, we, we IDW has their own playground they can play in. We've got our playground. Um, obviously, Hasbro has – Rescue Bots, and they've got the, the Prime series and the new spinoff, and you got the movies. So, you know, the multiverse should always be embraced, in my opinion. I mean, there's so many... So yeah, many. but do you, do you think it really needs to be joined together um, to, to kind of make sense? Because, I mean, they are their own separate entities. I mean, do they really need to be cohesive? What do you mean, as far as... Well, that was one thing I I, I I try and follow the comics, and sometimes they they lean one way or the other, and it it just seems like I mean some some universes don't coexist and they don't they don't blend well. Um, I mean, what's regeneration your one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not going that way. I'm just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, it's kind of like you were given. It seems to me like you were given a lot of different options, and they said, "Well, we need to blend them all together." Um, maybe I'm reading it the wrong way. No, that, no, that's no. kind of how it's coming. No, we, we really. I mean, we try to do our. We, we, we really just kind of do our own thing. I mean, it's it's you know we um we've had a couple of our characters cross over into the 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 main fiction line, I could, as you would call it, with. Uh, well, see, I disagree with that. I mean, if you were going to say main, what's main for me would be G one. What's main wow. for, for okay. younger people would be movie. So you, well, I understand what you're saying, but you you really can't use the same, the, the term main as well, opposed I mean, to just they're, different. They're, well, let me say that they're the, the line that they market to the general public. I'll, I'll go with that. That that to me that means current. So. <laughs> That would be, but what I'm saying is, is, is that Nexus Prime I know is, is crossed over, um, right? And that was the character we developed. Um, Which I thought, with with all of its backstory and everything, was a was a great character, and I actually loved the 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 everything you did with it. I, I love that. That that was a good one. I like that one. 
I, I don't even know. I think that, you know, the, the, the whole concept for that, you know, originated back in, and that's when Ben was working on the convention set, and I was working on the club stuff. And, um, and Forrest Lee was writing the story. And I'd asked him, I said, you know, I, I've got this idea for a, uh, um, a character that could be like one of the original 13. And I, and I had known Simon, you know, casually. I mean, I didn't know him, I didn't know him well, but I, 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 I knew him through meeting him at the conventions and I'd talked to him on email a few times. And I figured the proper, you know, you know, protocol would be to go ahead and, and, and drop him the line and say, hey, look, you know, I, I've got this kind of idea for us to introduce, you know, one of the 13 through the club. Um, I said, well, are you okay with that? Would that be cool? And granted, this would be four movie before anything. Um, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. Sure, go ahead. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So kind of got his blessing. So the original idea I had was for the, the, the original 13 character to be, um, we didn't have a name for him yet, but I knew that he was going to be the center component and that the four limbs were going to be like drones, kind of like the Energon cartoon, I guess. Um, and I think they were going to get life or something. I can't remember. But I remember I sent the idea to Forrest Lee, and he, he changed it and said, okay, instead of the centerpiece being the, the, the original, one of the original 13, um, let's make it that they were, the original 13 character was all five of them merged, and then they got split into five individual pieces. And I thought, okay, that's a much cooler idea than mine. Um, like, let's, let's do that. So that was kind of that. Um, but, but getting back again, you're, you're, what you were asking, um, you know, what did you ask? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just with with all the different multiverses, you, you found a way to kind of draw them together. Do you, I mean, how do you feel about, I mean, was that necessary? Does it, does it? Does it work well? I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? That was the idea. That was the whole idea behind Axiom Nexus and the trans tech. Um, that was actually a Forrest Lee idea, too. I wanted to do – I had always been kind of, uh, um, you know, t- you know, just really kind of thought that the, the trans tech designs were great. And I thought, well, can't we just use these in fiction? So I took that to Forrest and said, hey, we need to use these. Like, can we use these, you know, in the story? And he's like, yeah. So that's – and then he came up with the idea of this um, – you know, universal hub that was kind of the center point of the multiverse where all these different, you know, universes uh, collided and kind of intersected and any of the stragglers who ended up, you know, through their wormholes or through whatever ended up on the, uh, in Axiom Nexus. But that's actually kind of a way for us to kind of keep everything in check. You kind of got Rhinox at his control panel kind of keeping an eye on all of our universes. So that's the way we kind of tie it all together with still telling individual stories. We also don't want to confuse people. So the Wingsverse... Uh, the Wings universe has a very, very clear story, very clear starting point, and suit right, ready. right. But I, I kind of like because you didn't limit yourself by by opening yourself up by saying you can go to any universe. To me, that doesn't limit you. That means that like like let's say next year for a figure you decide to do something in the Beast Machines, and then you go to RID or whatever, you could still group them together in a storyline that makes sense because you have made this this multiverse. Yeah. You haven't limited yeah, yeah. yourself. So I, I do like that. I mean I mean that only makes sense. I think it's a, a, a good idea. The way we, we the Wings universe we try to keep a little more self contained. I don't like a, a lot of the cross dimensional universe hopping stuff to happen in that universe. Um, I try to keep wings contained. Um, and instead of bouncing from universe to universe, we've bounced through the timeline. We've had we've told the, the 
story took place in the ancient past. He told the Generation 2 story. He told the Machine Wars story. And, uh, and then this year's story, The Pirates vs. Night, also takes place in that timeline. And uh, actually, it's all going to make sense at the end of this year's story. You'll be able to, what will be great is you'll be able to start with, with the, uh, the Wings of Honor story from 2009, read the Generation 2 story, read the Machine War story, read the Pirates vs. Night story, and then we also did some club fiction and, and some prose fiction, and it all, it's all one big story. So, Is there anything? Go ahead. Is there anything that, holy crap, any talks? <laughs> hey, had to wait to get out of the dead spot that I was in. Uh, is there anything that you would like to see revisited, like any of the, in your timelines, you know, like uh, Shattered Glass or any of those that you'd like to see revisited uh, we'll in future BotCons? I mean, we'll probably come back to Shattered Glass at some point. I mean, we know it's got its fans and its detractors, but... It, it's been, it's always sold really well for us. Um, the figures on the secondary market have always done really well. Um, yeah. The fiction always done really well. So, well, I mean, we'll probably come back to Shattered Glass in one way or another at some point. Um, well, I was just curious if there was one you would like to come back to, if there was one story that you said, man, this is a really good story. We really ought to revisit that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We've got some prose fiction. Once the new club site's up and running, which it is coming, um, we, we will have some prose fiction on there. And I think there's a couple shattered glass stories. We'll fit, we'll we'll wrap up the, uh, the 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 six part series from a couple of years ago, um, but that will get wrapped up, and then we'll probably have another story or two that'll take place in that new. Speak, speaking of shattered glass, this right here, I'm a huge fan of. This is a um, gorgeous deco of this guy. Yeah. Well, then you, you've also got a little bit of diaclone in that. So, yeah. I mean that. But I mean, just the deco. You definitely on this knocked is it out of the park on that one because you hit a lot of different. Uh, special areas that people were wanting to collect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, well, we thought that, you know, that was a thing where maybe it was a little overly ambitious with, uh, go ahead and say it, say it was your idea. Go ahead. I'll back you up. Um, I don't know about, I don't remember, I don't remember where that one came from. Well, people wanted the, the die clone. That one's tricky. People, they say they want a die clone set and I, I don't, I don't disbelieve them, but, um, die clones just tricky. Cause it's like, how, you know, it's t- if they're at retail, it's one thing, but it's how, how do you charge a premium for, you know, a yellow trailbreaker? Uh, you know, it's, it's you do- well. I got I got a question for you. I had one of our cast uh, cast members. Um, I am Unicron. I was getting asked, ready to ask that. <laughs> yeah, has asked if you've ever if you think there will ever do a masterpiece recon, uh, or recon uh, masterpiece repaint. As a club exclusive or a convention exclusive, we haven't even I haven't even asked on that yet, so I don't know what the deal is with the um, the licensing and how that all works with Takara. I mean, we can use as people know we have used some of the molds that were exclusive to Takara um, or exclusive in Japan. That doesn't necessarily mean you know that we can't use them. I just I don't know yet. I don't. We haven't we haven't really gotten that. Well, wait a minute. Based based upon your experience, do you think the likelihood of something like that happening? I mean, uh, is it likely? I mean, we're talking about a, a pretty big. I mean, the masterpiece line is big right now. You call it, well, now, if it's the if it's the if it's the licensed cars like the the Lamborghini and the, the two eighty ZX, I don't know. Um, You're talking about different licensings and everything that that. Yeah. Now, would fun publications have to absorb that as well? No. See, I don't. It just we we. 
things are always in. You just never know. I mean, things things can change. So I, I know we, we made a couple pitches for the alternators, and we weren't able to use the alternators. It just got too sticky, um, so we didn't use them. Um, we had a, we I think we had a we might have, I think we had a convention set pitch with the alternators. Oh wow! Um, now see, to that, me, that would have been a mind that would have been phenomenal. Yeah, I think but we're going to. I also understand how licensing is and everything. If you just can't do it. You just can't do it. Well, yeah. th- that leads to a question that I had, and a lot, and this might be this is a question I've actually heard asked at botcons, but a lot of our listeners may not have been able to attend a botcon, or uh, and, and I do know a, a number of our listeners don't even frequent message boards, uh, so they they don't see the conversations that goes on and answers and everything. Um, can you briefly tell us uh, the general rules? Uh, for mold usage and character usage that you are that you have uh, for bringing these characters in for bot concepts or even just club exclusives. What are the what 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 are the uh, the, the rules as far as as far as what as like far mo- as- uh, like what uh, what you can and can't use and uh, as far as how far uh, how old can you go back? I mean, could you if if there is a G one mold still available, could you use it? I mean, you know, sometimes I think I need to ask that question to see. I, you know, you, you kind of assume that some of that stuff's just buried. Um, I mean, if it's if there's like a recent reissue or an encore of something yeah. that we know that there's the mold is still available. So, say for example, uh, you know, uh, in uh, the TFC reissues, they use the Blitzwing mold. You know, so uh, you know maybe recolor that into Overcharge or something. You know. I, 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 just, just an example. It, it just, you know, it, it just kind of depends. It's, it's, it's. There's so many factors involved. You know, do you, sometimes you like, you know, we've also, you know, uh, in 2007, we of course wanted the, we, the whole idea was to tie the classics line, the classic set into the classics line. 2008, we wanted a mirror set. Uh, 2009, our options were really limited. I remember that year for molds for whatever reason. Um. And then by 2010, I, you know, there were so many great classics molds coming out. You know, the, the the idea of even using anything older wasn't really on the table because you know you had so many good molds to use. We've been already using it for 2008, 2000. You know, we couldn't use. There were no classic molds to use in 2009. I remember basically there weren't any. Um, but then by 2010, there were all these ones to use. And then 2011, we decided to do animated. And then 2012, there were there were universe molds again to use. So, you know, right now there's just so many good molds on the table. It's it's kind of you don't know really what you would go back to and how those would mesh aesthetically. You know, if you went back and used a, you know, a Joyride Power Master toy, you know, how exactly does that fit into well you know, doing now? Well, I, I, do have one. <laughs> I, I do have one, um, and Brandon actually reminded me of it. Um, one of the things I love is I love and and this is not Hasbro, but I love GoBots. All right, and I know that they acquired a lot of the names and licensing and stuff. What do you think about a GoBots themed box set? Do you I, think that is um, is it is it feasible? Um, I mean, Hasbro, maybe half and half. Well, something Has, is, it, is it in the, the realm of the multiverse? Hasbro used Fracture, so I mean, 
there, is, right. yeah, is there like bug bite character we could probably do? You did probably. bug bite. You did uh, well, bug bite frack. Uh, um, what was it? Uh, Crasher. Yeah. Um, you did leader one. You did um, well, we, a, as a mini con, if I remember correctly. Um, I thought you yeah. did another two, but I, I, I mean, you have these names. You have the licensing. Do you see that as a botcon? Go no, bots. Probably, no, probably not because you, you, it's the character likenesses and the um and, and all that stuff that I think belongs to someone else, and that it just it just gets way too sticky. So they so, they got the names, but they didn't get the character like likenesses yet. That's what that's what I from what I understand. Yeah, I guess my feeling is is that. If this was something that would just be a complete home run, no doubt about it, we've got the perfect set of molds to do them, it'd be worth exploring a little bit more, maybe. But I don't think that even even under the best-case scenario, I don't think it could it would work. I just don't think it would. We've looked well, at it. I, I definitely appreciate the candidness on it and, and the explanation, other than just saying no, yeah. which a lot of people would have expected. And I appreciate that. I mean, as much as I would love to see it, I also understand licensing. And if you can't do it, you just can't do it. Yeah, I just don't. It just, it's just, there's too many. Sometimes it's just not worth all the. I mean, and there's just too many, too many unknowns. Too many other people you have to rely on. Too many other people you have to rely on to say yes. So, right. so, so basically, going back to the question earlier, as far as you know, the general rules is like. They, they does like Hasbro Takara. How does it work? I mean, does Hasbro and Takara like give you a list? Here are characters that you cannot or and, and molds that you cannot no, no, no. use. No, we just we just we make a we make a set proposal and a character proposal and a mold proposal and we shoot it to them and they either say yay or nay or or yay and nay to these couple. I think um, this this past year's Bacon set actually had the most refusals of any set I can remember. They said no to, I think, three of them, and that was because they're either using the molds or the characters. I'm using the molds. <clears throat> um, Primal Sabbath. Uh, this this is another question from uh, from a uh, a listener on YouTube, um, and you may or not may not be able to answer this, but he said if you can give a ballpark, that would be fine. Um, there are uh, those of us who are budgeting for the convention and registration. Uh, is there going to be a price rise, and if so, about how much? Can you say? Well, I, can't, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to get into any numbers, but well, he said ballpark have, is fine. Boys have gotten more expensive. They will. They, they probably will cost a little bit more than last year, and they're not going to go down. I, I don't. Well, know I mean, I think every year there's been a, a little bit of a ra- uh, a rise in the the cost, and I mean, everyone knows the cost of living goes up. Yeah. So I, I understand all that. See. If, if people looked at the past like three years and looked at the increase, they could gauge what this year's would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would, I would always take, I would always budget for the previous year and just add fifteen percent, just to be safe. It, it's always good to have more, and that way you can go to the parts party yeah. <laughs> or anything <laughs> else that you wanted to spend the money. You know, not that you know anyone. <clears throat> Might be there to do that, but you know, as always, it's one of those options. <laughs> always have more money to spend in other avenues. Yeah, 
but no, it, 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 it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you've seen it across the board. You go to the store and it's just, you know, it's just kind of the way things are now. So it's all them, it's all them, all those gem toys coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, I, I believe, uh, is, have, uh, Chad, do you have any questions that you want to ask? Or? No, you guys pretty much covered all of them. I've, uh, well, I've I, sat and I do have one and, and only because we, we've had three people ask about the artist and I know you can't, but can you give us a little bit of tease? Maybe the style or whatever, who's doing the box set? I mean, once you said that this particular artist I mean, they blew up. They want to know. Oh, so, box art? Um, yeah, they, that, you, you teased them just a little too much, I think, on that one. <laughs> no, I mean, I, Which is not necessarily by, a bad saying, thing, but now you've got to answer questions. By saying the artist's name, I, I, you, you're, it's not like you're showing the, showing the box art. So, <laughs> If you can't do it, then give us a tease like, you know, he does – you know, retro or, you know, current or, you know, IDW type or just give us a little, little more tease. They want, they want a little more. You know, you know, what's funny is a lot of these guys are working on, um, so much of it's getting contracted out. A lot of these guys aren't just doing comics anymore. They're doing a, uh, just a ton of contract work. Um, whether it's packaging art for different companies. I mean, we use all the same, I mean, we, we all, I mean, all, I mean, to be honest, we, we love to see fan artists come up through the ranks. Some of the people that we've discovered have gone on to work for um, other companies or they were still new in the industry. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, we, we try to use anybody. Everybody we use is at a, is, is, is at a professional level. Um, we have a mutual friend, actually, Pete, uh, Jake Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake actually has gone – is able to – he was uh, – had a, a full-time job and did the inking on the side, and I guess he's able to be, uh, he can ink full-time now. He's got enough different, uh, enough clients now, so he does all of our inking. Um, yeah, he, he, he does, he's amazing. He does phenomenal work. He did a uh, Weird Wolf and Wonder Woman for uh, for my wife and I at Slagacon this year, and it's hanging proudly in my in my collection room. Uh, and, absolutely and, phenomenal. And despite what... Um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Said to Banky and Chasing Amy, is inking really is a, it really is a skill. Um, it's it's, it's you, you really having a good inker is, uh, I think, really does make the lines look just so much better. Um, but the package art, oh, I don't know. I wish I had something on a printout I could show you. Um, no, I'm not going to say anything. There's got the way. If you ever need a, if you ever need an official Botcon uh, product photographer. Uh, <laughs> but, um, who? Well, evidently, <laughs> by asking the artist, and and I, I mean, you you stirred up a lot, so that was a good oh. thing. Well, they're just they're just wanting to set me up to fail. Is what they're trying to do? Oh, he said that. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I I told you about this ahead of time, so we'll just, we just just go with it. You got to go with it. Same guy that said the twelve set was me the best set ever. Just said this to me the past package art. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this. Um, Pigeonhole. We've been asked to ask about Pasadena. And that's all they said was ask about Pasadena. But I think we all know about that. Pasadena is a beautiful city. I, I do want to ask. I mean, I think I already know. But 
are we looking forward to Pasadena next year, or are we going to float it around a little bit? Are you able to to say definitively, is it going to be a California show, or is it going to move around? All I'm going to say is we enjoy moving the show around the country. That's all I'm going to say. I, I like that answer. answer. <laughs> I definitely like that answer as opposed to – I like to that answer. California is nice every year. You know, something like that. That, that would upset me. So, I'm on the same token. I love going out to Pasadena. I, right, I, but you, you like going to different places just like everyone else does. So I, I, would, I, I would rather go to Pasadena. to do with that. I, but I would rather go to Pasadena every year than go to Pasadena, and I won't name a couple of the other cities off and on because Pasadena is just great. But um, How much are you talking about? You live close to Cincinnati. Why would you diss Cincinnati? Oh, no, don't, no. Well, you know what they say I about did. Cincinnati. By the way, it, it, all of our fellow listeners here, by the way, yeah, I diss Cincinnati. I hate it, and I no. live close to it, but I hate no. it. That's beside the point. We're not going to go there. Well, you know, anybody out of Cincinnati may not know that they say – Cincinnati is a great place to live, but you wouldn't want to visit there. So, absolutely, that's why I don't go there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I must say, uh, I went to Botcon out in Pasadena. Was it 2011? Um, and I had a great time. It's it, it's it was a, a fantastic location. Uh, you know, walking distance of, uh, of great restaurants and uh, and everything. My, uh, me personally, my my. My issue is money. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not able to budget like some people, and I understand that. But, you know, I think I think it's a, as far as their location, it's a great location. Okay. Um, we'll see. Well, I'm not going to go that far. I, I, I mean, I, I liked it, Pete. I, mean, I know you have nothing to do with it, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. But I am sick of Pasadena. I am sick of it. I, 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 even when you guys went to Texas, it was better. Just oh, wow. Give everyone a little bit of a, of a, of a chance. And you're, I mean, you know where I live and I've had it in my backyard more than once. I still would rather have it anywhere else than Pasadena. Really? Not that you have anything to do with that. Okay. Well, so well, I know that. So, okay. I am now stepping off of the soapbox. Thank you. Real quick before we wrap up here, uh, Pete, your all-time favorite character and toy. Uh, oh, just God. Here we go. No, I just sideswipe. I mean, it's it's the, you know, it, it, it's that basic thing. I've got the, you know, my I've, I've got my original sideswipe sitting over there, and, you know, that, that's the, you know, someone comes up to you and says, we're taking your old... Angie, I'm back. Oh wow! Can you can you hear me? See me? Uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, yeah, it the whole connection just crapped out on me there. <laughs> Did it do it for everyone? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Sorry about that. Uh, that's that's, okay. that's Google Plus. It uh, it's it's free, but it comes with a caveat. So. <laughs> But, um, but, so, but no, that's all I was saying. It was just it sideswipes that he's he's the one. All right. Well, Pete, good uh, choice, man. I love the car. Definitely. 
Uh, Pete, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on the show. We hope that you've had a good time. I know we have. All right. Has it? Has it? Uh, is it? Uh, I'm. I'm not hearing any audio from anybody right now. I'm here. Hear me? Oh, Can you hear me? Okay. There we go. Yeah, it, it went quiet totally all all of a sudden. <laughs> it clicked off for a minute, but that's that's the wonderful Google we have going on. Yeah, you're all just listening. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I'll see you later, guys. Thank you, uh, uh, listeners. A uh, little quick uh, note: um, we are going to a Friday only show right now, uh, but uh, we are looking into avenues. We're looking at possibly. Um, doing a Tuesday show uh, that is YouTube only and uh, it may be uh, a Super Robot Mecha and Transformers uh, uh, kind of mixed show and then our Friday show will be our recorded show that will be uh, also available for download. Uh, that's right now what we're looking at. If you have any comments or suggestions on that idea please feel free to uh, mention them on our Facebook group at TFYLP um, uh, on Twitter, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, again, check out our sponsor, uh, sponsor Catch and Pray. Uh, great toys, great prices, great service. Uh, and also, Mega Toy Fan, uh, Plasticon Reviews on YouTube. Uh, Megamus, you and Chad, uh, have anything you want to say before we log off? The only thing I wanted to say is, is you can see uh, the type of guests that we can get. If there's someone that you want, let us know. Absolutely. We have some connections. I'm not saying we have all the connections, but we have some connections. We have some avenues, and we will try. When it comes uh, to um, asking questions, we'll do the best we can. And and you know, this is uh, rather than knowing these people personally, this is probably your best bet of getting your questions answered. So just. Stick with us, let us know who you want to see, and we'll do the best we can. I believe Chad also uh, has a confirmation for April. Yes, actually I do. I uh, I talked to Flint today, and he will be our guest in April. And uh, it will probably be, I believe, the Friday the 11th, because Captain America comes out on the 4th and who wants to miss that movie? Honestly, <laughs> yes. Uh, Fl so. uh, Flint, uh, Flint Dilly, uh, one of the writers from the original G One cartoon, uh, he has uh, been confirmed as a guest uh, in April. On what date did you say? It'll probably be April eleventh. Okay. If there's any changes to that schedule, we will let you know on our website at tftalk.net and on Facebook. But uh, that is. And that get is your awesome questions note. in now. Absolutely. Get Absolutely. Your, we will never, never we will heard of prepare ahead of time. Mm. But again, uh, I, I want to thank Pete Sinclair once again uh, for joining us. Uh, I hope that we didn't make him too uncomfortable with some of our questions. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of good questions, and he, he gave us a lot of great information. Uh, uh, excellent guest. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Pete, for joining us. Um, I know he's he's logged off. He had somewhere he had to be. Um at, uh, we actually went a little bit over, and I, I apologize for that. Um, but um, fen a phenomenal show. Thank you, guys, uh, and we will see you next week on TFYLP. Also, a programming note, I do have some of the uh, past episodes that were YouTube only 
that I uh, that I've been trying to catch up on. I've actually got the audio for them. I am going to try, unless my wife has a has a honeydew list for me tomorrow. I'm going to try to get those edited and up on the website tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to make any Sweet. promises, but uh, but they are in audio format now uh, on my hard drive. So uh, I'm, I'm making some progress on there, and we will not be a month behind anymore. He's uh, he's going to make a hard drive to get those out there for you. Yes, yes, but I, I'm. Uh, you know, with my my new work schedule and everything, it's it's a little bit tough, and uh, it takes a lot out of me. Uh, and you know, by the time the weekend rolls around, I I don't have a whole lot of energy to uh, uh, to actually get a lot of things done. And then also, I have family matters to to attend to, and and I'm sure a lot of people can identify with that. And I do apologize for the length and delay. But, again, we're getting caught up, and we're still having a great show, producing a great show like uh, tonight. Uh, Pete Sinclair uh, from Fun Publications, BotCon. You can't get any much better than that. you know. So, uh, guys, unless you have anything further you want to say? Nope, I think you Brett, said Any all. more soapbox stuff? <laughs> not, not that I can think of. Nothing that comes to mind. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you next time on Transformers for your listening pleasure. For Megamus, Trans Jazz, this is Weird Wolf signing off. Peace out. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure. A presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another TFYLP. Ha <laughs> ha!